It's the Super 90s Brothers! Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. Where we do hazy memory roasts on the most money decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is my co-host, Adam J. Pitzler. And today we're talking about Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Ow! Oh, man. I, oh, man. Oh, man. Do I have, do I have trouble responding? <laughs> Where um, do we begin? <laughs> uh, but we'll, before we get into this, this 90s uh classic um how what are you kind way to phrase it <laughs> how are you doing how's your uh how's your how's your holiday break if you even have one? <laughs> oh, um well we just went back to full lockdown in the bay area because of spikes and cases and jill and i you know we don't have kids and it's just the two of us and we've been trying to hang out with our friends during break and for the third straight time our friends have canceled on us because someone in their family has gotten sick so like christmas eve got canceled we had uh pl- like plans earlier this week that got canceled and landon's my buddy landon's girlfriend got sick for new year's eve so kind of a bummer everyone's getting sick it sucks uh, my me i got really really sick um sunday through tuesday i didn't have i mean i didn't test myself but i didn't i had i just got really sick and then but then we got a call last night from a from a family member Someone has COVID. We were exposed to it, um, and I mean, since since we are, since me and Abby are both vaccinated um, and boosted, we you know we don't have to do anything because we've tested negative. Um, but my kids have to quarantine now for five days. It's a, it's a big fucking mess. I feel like the world it just, just it, it just doesn't seem to end. Yeah, it doesn't seem to end. It's like, I think we were all like lying to ourselves so badly for the longest time. And I think the last like three to six months, everyone started to come to the realization that we were all lying to ourselves. This isn't going to end nicely. No. Um, so yeah, so. Uh, enough about COVID-19. <laughs> That's not what we're talking let, about. Let's not get, let's not get down. Um, let's get, let's, let's get really. Let's get one up. Let's get one. Let's get one up. Let's get a, gr- <laughs> let's get a green marsh. Mush mushroom mushroom. Um, let's get a green mushroom and talk about our namesake, <laughs> Super Nineties Brothers. You know, I I can't remember if you came up with our name or I came up with our name, or if it was just like sort of like a spit spitballing session. But it of all the options we had, Super Nineties Brothers was was head and shoulders above the rest. That's what I remember. Yeah, I I was actually that's actually funny. I was talking about this the other day with a friend about like my podcasting journey and about like how. I went how this podcast transformed into a fantasy football podcast into Super 90s Brothers. And it came from a session. Me and you were just, I think we were just talking on the phone because we were like, we can't do, we can't do fantasy football anymore. Like fantasy football just isn't, you can't encapsulate it and you can't go back and listen to stuff. And we decided, I think one of our last fantasy football podcasts, you told a story about a friend during, it was a Christmas time podcast too, about how he got an Nintendo and um or a Super Nintendo Nintendo I forget which and it came from that story that I think we were like 
super 90s brothers and and that's what the show's become and i mean that was 2017 adam when we made the change or 2018 we um, transitioned our first episode was the wizard um which heavily featured uh not heavily featured uh teased super mario 3 and i think we've gone on and done i mean we've done pretty much every iteration of mario and video games and we're over 70 episodes now so i want to take a moment to say congrats that's awesome yeah 70 episodes that's insane yeah you're welcome listeners (laughs) and uh, you can say thank you by giving us those awesome five-star reviews as we always ask for we ask for it a lot because we want to keep getting them so you can give it to us at apple itunes music five-star reviews is what we want you can also interact with us at super90sbrothers at gmail.com, at super90sbrothers. Brennan is at SpoCastPods, and I'm at adampitzler.com. And yeah, our namesake, Super Mario Brothers the movie, we thought we'd start off 2022 with a real stinker. Oh my gosh. And was is this a stinker? Um, P.U. This is, oh my God, I this is so bad where do you even begin like it's it's almost like you're you're walking into a pile of manure and somebody's asking you what's the nicest spot to like lay down and it's like there's no good spot dude it's all shit i for some reason thought i had really good memories of this movie because it just kind of has always sat in the back of my mind like that movie with bob hoskins john leguizamo super mario brothers uh dennis hopper like you know like i i had fond memories of it and and just so everyone knows, this movie is not available streaming, but I bought this movie on Amazon. Uh, it, it was available on Amazon Prime to be delivered. I got, I ordered this and I got it like a, two days later. I think they had them in stock. <laughs> and I got it for, and I got it for uh, $3.99. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy Landon's girlfriend, Mandy actually owned it randomly. So they came over and we watched it together and we like got drunk and we just talked shit. The whole, like we couldn't believe how bad it was, but you know, we're getting, we're getting a little ahead of yeah, ourselves. We, we are. Yeah. And uh, so like we've been doing lately, what we're trying to do at super nineties brothers is, a, is achieve a state of mind back in the nineties. And this movie came out May 28th, 1993 little Brennan and Adam were nine years old and I want you all to travel back in time. Think I want you all to go back to May, 1993 picture yourself in your family's old car. You're on the way to the movie theater and the radio starts playing. It's the tunes of the time. Oh yeah. Tunes of the time. That was Informer by Snow. Did you so, yeah, that was playing. That was the that was the number 10 song at excuse, that was the number 10 song at the time this movie came out, but it was the number one song for seven weeks preceding this. Oh wow, that really took a dip. It was number one for that long and then it just went to number 10. Hmm. No, there was a couple weeks in between. Oh, that. okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, re- I remember this very, very well. This is um this is peak Brennan watching MTV, and this video was just like on constantly on MTV. It was gone constantly on the, 
on radio. So you knew this guy was white. Oh yeah, I knew he was white. Um, I had no idea he was white, mm. and I've heard this song a hundred, hundred thousand times maybe growing up. I had no idea he was white until we did our podcast on this, and I like watched the video a couple weeks ago. You you just found out he was white? Yeah, I I was not watching MTV at age nine, mm. and I didn't know. And if you listen to this on the radio and you didn't know he was white, I'm not convinced you would just. In fact, I know that you wouldn't just know that. I know. I, I'm yeah. positive. That that's that's fair because I mean it's it's like reggae rap. It is cultural appropriation at its finest. <laughs> not not only that, but it's sort of like it's like a poor man's vanilla ice with like a similar name. Even his name is Snow. Mm-hmm. It's like he's like vanilla ice was appropriating black culture. This guy's appropriating vanilla ice. <laughs> like it's like double whammy. It, it, yeah, he like ri- he like rode off the fame of like Vanilla Ice, and then this came out. Uh, it, it's catchy, I will say. Th- I mean, catchy and it's a bit of an earworm. Yeah, yeah it is definitely an earworm. And uh, even and though it, I have no fucking idea what he's saying most of the time. Yeah, and you put some sample lyrics here, and I no, we we need to read these lyrics. Okay, I'm I'm gonna read them like verbatim, white guy ish. I'm not gonna sing it. I'm just you. gonna read them. Police, uh, them, uh, they come and uh, they blow down me door. One e come crawl true true me window. So they put me in the back the car at the station. From that point on, me reach my destination. Where the destination reaching out to east detention. Where they look down me pants, look up me bottom. Oh, wow. That does goes not, on from there. That doesn't make any sense. No, none of it makes any sense. It's it's really terrible. It It was, it was awful, but... There's something that really amazing came from this song, and it comes from one of your favorite shows in the '90s, *In Living Color*. Should I? Should we play it now? Yeah. Imposter, I'm just a middle class worker from Toronto. In spite of how I sound, single one platinum, bigger than Marley and Jimmy and Yellowman, but I'm not even mulatto. My reggae's watered down. Hear me on the radio, think I could not be blacker. But on my video, you see I'm really a cracker. Pretending I was a rasta since I was in jammies. I should paint my face and start belting out Mary. You can criticize me all the way to the bank. My single number one and Shabba don't rank. Time Warner kick dice, you off the label for this in the cops. They said it just ain't right. When a Caucasian man records a cupping song, they don't have a problem. Must be an oversight. All the Jamaicans think I gave them a bum steer. But everything I know, I learned from an auctioneer. The video started seven for this year. Go get eight, do I hear eight, nine? Who'll give me ten? I got ten, ten going once, going twice sold. I can spot gibberish and it'll go gold. I am what I am, and that's all that I am. A skiddy button, the top, the bit up the bow. Oh, uh, that was Imposter by uh, Jim Carrey. That's actually that is so good. That is so good. Uh, I, when I was just doing the drops and I was watching it and I was just like, when he does the the Popeye, I was just like, I, I was just, I was done. It was so, it's so good. It's so, it's it's, so the lyrics are so good. I'm just a middle-class white guy from Toronto. You thought I was blacker than you see me and I'm actually just a cracker. Like, it's so good. So I'm guessing you missed this song. Oh, I or when I saw it, I had no idea what the joke was. <laughs> right. Like I was like, "Wow, Jim Carrey's doing a black guy's song." Weird. You know, that's probably <laughs> what I thought when I was nine. That's funny. Oh, that's. But yeah, you know, you know why I knew to look at this? Why that? Because Super Nineties Bros did an episode on In Living Color not so long ago. Mm. Check out our In Living Color podcast, and 
Jim Carrey did this awesome like satire of Vanilla Ice in that episode. And just out of curiosity, after watching the snow video, I was thinking, God, I, I wonder if In Living Color took a shot at this asshole too. And I Google it and sure enough, there it was. I had no memory of this by Jim Carrey. Yeah, that it's it's perfect. And it lays it out perfect about about what how the how problematic that song is by snow <laughs> um i thought yeah that's great so snow is this really like average looking white guy with these glasses he wears these glasses in the music video that make him look like even more of a loser somehow i i was trying to find out what a licky boom boom down is and i found somebody said that it was like you knock them out like it was like an like a reggae expression for like beating somebody up like a licky boom boom down is like i knock you out kind of mm. but I, I i who would have ever known that yeah i i just thought that he was talking about like licking butts yeah that's what i always thought too but <laughs> I, I guess not i guess it was more like cuz the song's about like well, it's about an informer that narked on him and now the, there's some detective man who call, he calls detective man who's like on his ass about something and mm. he, he wants to face the his informer and licky boom boom down. He doesn't want to lick their ass, he wants to knock them out. That's uh that's interesting. It's so interesting. And we I'm sure you guys were all so interested in Snow and uh in Living Color at this time in 1993. So this song has Snow's song has uh 26 million views on its official YouTube video and there's still like this guy's still living off the success of this one solo. Like in 2019, like him and this other guy named Daddy Yankee did a cover of this called Con Calma. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you Google like Snow and Daddy Yankee or Con Calma, you can, there's like a new rap with the informer beat and the informer um, chorus. Interesting. Um, it's not interesting. It's, no, it's I, more, I, I, I want to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I, I decided not to uh, like uh, curse our listeners with it, but I mean, that's it, man. That was, that was number one song for seven weeks, Brennan informer by that white reggae guy. It really encapsulates the early nineties. I will, I will say like, if you hear that song, you automatically are transported back to the nineties. Um, it's, yeah, but like this dude was white, but mm. like it's a, I mean, it's a fact. Somebody's true heritage and ethnic identity wasn't overly scrutinized at the time. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue into Super Mario's Brothers, the movie. <laughs> a movie about two Italian plumbers starring an Englishman and a Puerto Rican. <laughs> that is a perfect segue. <laughs> so my buddy's girlfriend mandy pointed that out. i don't want to give her props she, and i thought i was like oh my god you're right um, so brennan how old were you when you saw this movie i'm trying to think back to 1993 where i was at uh, i think i was that would have been third grade so i was still in spokane i i, I remember the the publicity around this this movie i remember the the trailer for it I had to have seen this in the theater, but I don't remember going to it. I mean, how could you? I, I mean, I, don't you, you know how, you know, have you heard, you ever like talk to kids who went through like severe parental <laughs> trauma and they have like these gaps in their memory? Like it's like, you know, they, they have little fits. That, I mean, that's, that's probably what happened to you, buddy. You probably have like a little, a little like uh cancered over synapse in your brain where your brain has naturally moved information around this memory of super 90s bros mm. and Louis for years 
Yeah, I I really feel like I must be repressing it because like I still look back. I mean, even after watching it, I I think I see the word the words together Super Mario Brothers and I'm like, "Oh, it's Super Mario Brothers. It's not it's it's a good it's going to be a good movie or it's going to be, you know, not bad." Oh my god. This movie is awful. Like, well, let's get into it in my favorite segment, Brennan. Brennan's bad synopsis. Oh, I I've been thinking a lot about this cuz I did, I've been wanting to just do the finite details of all the things that happen in this movie, but there's so many weird, there's so much weird shit that happens. Yeah, please don't do all the finite details. <laughs> <laughs> um, the best way I can like summarize this movie quickly is I can't like the beginning of this movie starts out with um, it's it's dark and rainy, and there's a woman dropping a like a baby carriage, like or like a on on a stoop of a church, and then these these nuns open the door and they bring this little car- the whatever the basket into the into the church, and it's an egg, it's a di- like a big dinosaur egg, and then the dinosaur egg hatches and a human comes out of it, and it's covered in egg white, it's, it's covered in all this goop. Um, <laughs> Oh my god! And I'm, um, I want to preface this too. I just watched this movie with my wife and my kids, my my six year old twins, and I'm really hyping up. I really wanted to hype up the fact that like this is a Super Mario Brothers movies, guys. You're like, no, Abby and kids, it's gonna be great. You're gonna love it. No, that, that and that's exactly what I did because like I didn't want them to know because Abby's never seen it. Link and Ivy love Mario Brothers. Like that's all they're doing right now. And I really wanted to hype it up, like how I was probably hyped up as a kid. And uh, and then this happens, and they're both like, and like Link and I were like, what the fuck? I, Abby's like, what the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Anyways, fast so, forward. So you and Abby didn't remember the movie at all? No. Abby's never seen it, had never seen it. Oh, um, lucky her. <laughs> Until recently. Yeah. Fast forward to 20 years later to the present time, and now we get, we enter it's the Super Mario Brothers, Mario and Luigi, they're they're plumbers and they're they're going to fix a job and going to a job to fix some plumbing, whatever. In that in that time, they run into Princess um, Daisy, or who we just know as Daisy at the time, and she is an archaeologist, um, and she's leading at, at twenty years old, mind you, this dig in in Brooklyn. And at the, at this dig, there's all these old there's these fossils that they're finding, and but they're being they're being harassed by this um, these other these other plumbers or contractors, other, other bad Italian plumbers <laughs> named Scapelli. Yes, them. And through some hijinks, there's some stuff that happens where like Luigi and Daisy kind of hit it off, and there's some weird like Mario stuff where like Mario's like trying to get his brother to hook up with with Daisy. Well, they um, go on a double date. So the big the big thing is that uh, the Scabelli brothers they want them these archaeologists off their dig site, and so they kind of uh, they they fl- sabotage d- the dig site. Thank you. They sabotage it and they flood it. Um, luckily, they have pl- like Daisy has Mario and Luigi who are plumbers there, and they stop it. But through this, and they um, have their tools on them. Um, oh, I forgot. During this whole time, there's these. Brooklyn women that are being abducted um, because they're being abducted by these. Oh my God, I'm doing so bad. This is great. There's these women that are being abducted. Well, they're being abducted by these 
two minions of King Koopa who are being, they're trying to find the princess. They're trying to find Daisy to bring her back because she holds this rock necklace around her neck that will help merge the, the dimensions back together. Oh, I did, I did, now I've introduced that. Gosh, this is, they're so, it's so. This is going well. This is so complex. <laughs> like, I don't know how, like, the, this script makes no sense to me. And, You've made it like 10 minutes into the movie, too. Yeah. And You're I, like 10 minutes in. Um, yeah. So there's these two dimensions. There's uh, the earth. So in the, oh, that's how the movie really starts. <laughs> Let's back up to the beginning. <laughs> Go back to the beginning when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Thank you. Dinosaurs roamed the earth and the meteor hit. Well, apparently the meteor created these two dimensions, the dimension that we live in, and then Dinotopia or the Mushroom Kingdom. I don't know. Dino Hatton. Dino, what, yeah, Dino, whatever. And, no, they do call it that. It's oh, like they call Manhattan, it Dino Hatton? But Dino they, Hatton. But they also call it Mushroom Kingdom sometimes. Yeah, I think that's what it used to be called before King Koopa. I don't fucking know. There's these two dimensions... King Koopa reigns over one of them, and he needs to get this rock back from the princess, basically. So he has her abducted. And in this process, Mario and Luigi also transport to Dinotopia, Dino Hat, and what the fuck it's called. And and then they have to save the princess. There you go. That's the, you know, that's the plot of the video games. They're going to save the princess. Um, in this movie, Mario is not really saving the princess. Luigi is, or at least that's the love interest. And then King Koopa, played by Dennis Hopper, is trying to get this rock from him. And then there's other things. Daisy's, that, Daisy's rock yeah, but, on her necklace that she always yeah, wears. Please is the yeah, last. Yeah, finish this up, please. Because I just, there's the, this plot is so convoluted. I'm even Daisy's rock thank on you. her necklace is the last piece of the meteorite. Mm. And if Koopa shoves that little piece into the meteorite, he believes it'll merge the two worlds and he can take over earth. Right. Because he thinks he's like superior to earthlings or whatever. Yeah. You know, he comes from the almighty T-Rex. Yes. Yeah. And in their world, they have evolved from dinosaurs. The hum- like they're, they're, they also are humans, but they're, they've evolved from dinosaurs, not mammals. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, Even though they look just like humans and they have hair. Yeah. And then there's other things that like there's. There's these minions, these other minions of them that are, that, I don't know if they are Goombas. They're the Goombas, but they're big dinosaur things that have been this devolved. Like, I don't know. It's so fucking confusing, dude. This movie yeah. does not make any sense. No, it's really, really bad. Like of all the shit movies we do, it's usually fun to talk shit because you're like, look at this weird choice. Look at this weird choice. I can't even begin to think what they were contemplating when they put this together. Like I, I was like I read I read a little of the background of how it all came together and that'll illuminate some of it, but still at the end of the day somebody read the script and said, okay let's go forty five million dollar budget, and it only box office thirty nine to date so it's still underwater. You might call it a box office bob bomb. <laughs> um, but the plot of the movie just like it, I mean it, there's just something that was missed. Like, because everything like, was missed. Like, I don't what, know what was what was there. Yeah, I mean, what did you like about this? Let's start there. Mm, what did I like about this movie? There, I are, like John Leguizamo. I like you know what. So, for how much crap we give this, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper, and um, sorry, I'm blanket. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. They're all great actors in their own right. Yeah, um, but Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper are mailing it the fuck in. Oh, yeah, they You are. can tell. They both hated this movie. You can see it in their performances. Mm-hmm. 
John uh, Leguizamo is the only one who's even fucking trying. Yeah. And he wasn't even trying. There was a quote that John Leguizamo said about like that him and Bob Hoskins would just get drunk every day before <laughs> shooting and just so they could have like, and then just kind of go through the motions of filming. Uh, oh, could you blame them? I no, mean, I, I, I couldn't. And, uh, but all right. So, so yeah, go ahead. Good job, Brennan. Um, one thing that you forgot when you were giving that grand bad synopsis is that the movie opens in eight bit. Mm -hmm. Like it opens in eight bit digital dinosaurs, like playing around a, like a jungle, like a video game would. And mm -hmm. then like, like Homer, the guy that plays Homer Simpson, Dan Castellaneta, he's the narrator and he comes on and he goes, and then a giant meteorite came and struck the earth. Homer's gone. And th then we were, segued into Brennan's lovely synopsis and everything that comes with it. But like, I, 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 it's hard to even talk about this as a whole. It's, it's like pick, it's like trying to pick up tar, right? Everything mm -hmm. just falls through your fingers and you, you can't grasp onto anything. Yeah. Like I watched this in two parts. So I, my story is that we watched me and my family watched like the first, um, 35, 45 minutes of it in Lincoln. Ivy just like gave up. Like, they're just like, we don't get it. Like, smart kid like who are these these aren't mario and luigi that i know which is very true and they did, the story just like didn't make sense like they understood the names like daisy like they know daisy but like it just the movie i i, I just like it doesn't it doesn't flow at all it doesn't flow at all like so it, many problems and then i finished it last night and it's just a it's a real trodge like to 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 slodge or whatever you to get through like it's just like there's nothing even here to like remotely to like make you want to keep watching no it was so hard to finish this like me and my friends landon and mandy were like drinking and like eating and like doing everything we could to make it fun for each other by talking as much shit as possible and even with that i like paused it and i was like oh my god there's 40 minutes left oh my god well let's get into the the characters of the movie um yeah let me let me let me do bob hoskins yeah um who plays mario mario so bob hoskins had recently done who framed roger rabbit which was a huge success and uh really effectively blended animation and real life actors in what most people consider like a triumph of cinema and I think there was a little bit of that in the thought that, okay, we can blend video games and real life cinema and Bob Hoskins, the guy to do it. He was also in the movie Mermaids and he was in the movie Hook just before this came out. And Hook was also, uh, you know, very successful. Bob Hoskins, the actor, uh, was born in a hospital shelter following the Nazi bombings of London in 1942. I found that out. I thought that was kind of interesting. It is. Um, but in this movie, he plays a down and out plumber living in a shitty New York apartment with his brother. He has a girlfriend named Daniela, who's actually hotter than Princess Daisy, if I'm being real. What do you think? I, I like Samantha Mathis, but yeah, his girlfriend, she's she's attractive, yeah? Yeah. So anyway, um, he, I, I don't even know where to begin. He's, it's a very flat character. Like, I, I was trying to figure out, like, what is, what is this character arc? What does he, what does he really want in this? And it's like, he just wants to be a good plumber. And it's like, and then he wants to escape, you know, Koopa Land. But like I, I couldn't come up with anything beyond that. Mm. And I'm thinking this is like it's so flat. To be fair, like like most video games, there is no plot. There isn't a big plot to any of 
the story of Mario, the Mario Brothers. Like, it's literally, like, the princess is another castle. Like, it was literally just, like, a video game, like, story to, like, help you get from point A to point B. And even today, like, when you play video, like, play Mario games, like, there's still not much of a overlying plot. Like, it's still, like, save the princess. It's just Mario Brothers. So let's let's move on to the next character, which is John Leguizamo as Luigi Mario. In the 90s, he did Tu Wong Fu. Mm-hmm. Um, he's oddly attractive in that movie, and that's coming from a straight male. <laughs> and uh, he was in Romeo and Juliet, which I know Brennan really likes. And uh, he was in Summer of Sam. And uh, he's in the Ice Age franchise, which is very popular. And he's also, I mean, John Leguizamo in the early 90s was well known for his stand-up, right? Like that yeah. was what he was, I mean, not what he was mostly known for, but that was what he, he does a lot of stage acting too. Um, yeah. And I want to say that I like John Leguizamo in this movie. He's about the only thing I like in this movie, but his character is like, I, I can't put my finger on this fucking character. He's, he's practically on the spectrum in this movie. Like he's <laughs> like all over the place. He's constantly like looking around, asking funny questions. He needs like his brother, his big brother needs to like whisper what he should say all the time. Cause he like, mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do. Like he's a very strange character. Yeah. He, he's very, he has like ADD, like ADHD. He's just like constantly like, I think John like was almost said that he has in real life ADHD. Mm, that probably makes sense. And this movie, so, and this movie would give you that if you were having to do yeah, it. <laughs> really? If he didn't have it before, he definitely has it now. <laughs> Um, so he meets Princess Daisy in the beginning, like Brennan said. He takes her to dinner. Then he decides to go underground with her at her dig site, which is like right around the corner. And then he like loses her because Iggy and Spike, Koopa's little minions, pop out and steal her. And then he like he's chasing her screams through this like underground dig site. And there's like this wall of quicksand. Mm-hmm. And he can kind of see something in the wall of quicksand, like asking, like calling to him. And he's like, Mario got a funny feeling. I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump. And he just like jumps off this like cliff into this wall of quicksand and falls through it into another dimension. And Mario chases after him to go get his little brother. But like, like I said, like he's the only actor in this movie that seems like he cares about his reputation. He cares about his performance that he wants. He needs more work after this. Like everyone else is like, okay, this is the last movie I'm ever going to do. Like just kill me now. <laughs> well, here's a, here's a drop of the Mario brothers warping to Dino Hatton. Am I still here? What is this place? Ah! There she is! Come on! Come on, let's go! Hurry up! Where are you taking me? Back to where you belong! Oh, you're hurting me! I'm gonna kill him! No, you're not gonna kill him! Not if I get that place! I'm gonna break every bone in their body! And then I'm gonna kill him! I'm really gonna kill him! Yeah, so they they warp through that sand wall, um, you know, which had nothing to do with Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers has warps. Yeah, they could do. have used one of something like that. It could have been a, a pipe. I mean, they do use pipes in this movie too. Yeah, would that have been of... so bad if they fell in a pipe? <laughs> no, because that would have actually made... You would have been like, oh, hey, look, they do that in the game. And we're watching a movie about the game. That makes sense. Right. Instead, you're like, what the fuck? A quicksand wall? <laughs> That's so true. Uh, I will say, I want to go back to Bob Paskins real quick. Bob Hoskins is a believable Mario. John oh, he's Le- a great actor. Yeah. But yeah, like, so they warp there. Yeah, that's that happened. He warps there, and, and then we meet Dennis Hopper as King Koopa. And uh, Dennis Hopper, had in the 90s, he did uh, Speed and Waterworld. True Romance, he's got kind of a bit part in that, but I love that movie, so I included it. And he was also an Easy Rider, obviously, before that. 
his hair in this movie, and again, why do dinosaurs have hair? If they're constantly making fun of mammals. It's like a slang term. It's like calling somebody like a loser. They're like, hey, you mammal. But like mammals have hair and everyone has hair in this movie. His hair looks like Ruffles potato chips. And it stands like sideways on his head. It's like, what the fuck? What? Why would they? Who chose that look? I, he has this seductive little lizard tongue. And he like, he like reminds Daisy at one point that girls never forget the first time they've been kissed by a lizard. Then he does this creepy little thing <laughs> at her. It's like, it's so gross. He like licks, like, like sticks his tongue out and like, like slithers it. Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. At one point he's like ordering pizza. And he orders it with extra lizard, but I thought he was a lizard. Are they also cannibals? Cannibals, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so that, at one part, it's like a sweeping shot of like this weird, gross underworld that they're mm. in. Like when when Mario and Luigi warp into this Koopa land, it's like this really gross, nasty underground Las Vegas, don't you think? It's, it's like the closest. It's like old Vegas. Like this really nasty, gross, old, poor reptilian strip on las vegas <laughs> in the bad part of las vegas and uh there's this there there's like this sweeping shot of the scenery and i spotted a triple hex movie theater and the movie that was playing was called i was a teenage mammal like what does that mean <laughs> does that <laughs> that doesn't make any, that does not make any sense i know so like koopa dethroned the old king by de-evolving him into a giant wad of like yellow nasty guy stuff like it it looks disgusting like they call him fungus but it looks like a giant bundle of spooge <laughs> that's fair um, it, it like it, it infests the entire underworld the giant mushroom kingdom former king spooge man is named king bowser yeah that doesn't make sense either there's the the, spoo the spooge is named King Bowser, but we never know that. That's only in the credits or in the the credits that we would know that. But he's a good guy because at the end, when he's finally turns into himself, he says, "I love those plumbers." Um, How would he even know what the plumbers did? Wasn't well, he like fucking monk? No, because like he's all over the he's all over Dino Hatton as a as a fungus. Yeah, and it's played by Lance Henriksen, oddly. Who was like a who's that? Lance uh, Henriksen, um, I don't know. He was he was in Pumpkinhead, and oh, okay. uh, he's in a lot of horror movies. He's horror, horror fans like Lance Henriksen and myself included. So there, so Koopa doesn't just de-evolve people; he evolves them too. Like he has these two henchmen named Spike and Iggy, who are total fucking dipshit loser dorks. Like I, I don't, I can't. They are. It's it's hard to even look at them while they're on screen. Because they look so fucking goofy, the way they're dressed, the way their hair is, the way they talk, the things they say, like everything about them is like, it's awful. And it's it's like every time they're on, they're on screen is like agony. But he he evolves them at some point into more intelligent men. And then they quickly recognize Koopa as like a fascist and turn on him and start helping the plumbers. But mm. here's something I want to bitch about. His two henchmen are named Spike and Iggy. Now, Iggy is the name of one of seven Koopalines from Super Mario World and Super Nintendo. But Spike, the name Spike, was a little green frogman that would spit, like, barbed balls at you in Super Mario Bros. 3. Like, what? The, how How did that pairing come to be? Like, if you wouldn't you just pick another Koopaline? Iggy and 
you know, Lemmy or Iggy and Roy, Ju- Roy, the, it's just a character like, name. Though. It's a character it, name. Like, yeah. It's so easy to change a character name yeah. in a screenplay. There's also the princess in this movie, Samantha's Mathis. She's, was she in pump up the volume? Um, yeah, she was like the main girl in pump up volume. I think you get to see her breasts. Oh, wow. She, 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 she's good. I mean, she's all right in this movie. The weirdest thing is like, I don't know when princess peach or princess Daisy like came into like when they started discerning the two, cause they don't ever really do it in Mario. Like it's usually just princess peach is the main princess. Daisy is just like a character in Mario Kart sometimes. And in no, Mario no, no, party. No. And no, and I can't remember if it was Super Mario the original or if it was Super Mario Game Boy, but she was uh, definitely referred to as Princess Daisy. That's it's a Game Boy Super Mario Land, and I read something that they talked about that Dinotopia, Dino Hatton, is an actual world in Dino in in Super Mario Land. Which oh I, yeah, it is. Oh, I totally just remembered that. It, but God, like that is so obscure though. The fuck like level four of the Game Boy game. Yeah, like that's what I'm confusing me because they take things from like Super Mario World, Super Mario Three, Super Mario Land, like, and they put all these things together into this movie, and the, the and that's what confuses me about it. It's just like they didn't just focus on one of the games; they fo- they just like merged them all, and this still doesn't make sense to me. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like a mom who wants to throw a birthday party for her kids. And she has a theme that she knows the kids like, but she doesn't really understand like anything about it. You know, like mm-hmm. she's like, let's have a video game theme. And she like dresses kids up as video games that they would like never play or have never heard of. Or she picks games that she thinks are funny or f- cool, but like nobody cares. Like that, like that's like whoever was overseeing this production was like that mom. Like she, she meant well, but she had no fucking idea what her kids actually liked. Yeah. The one thing I read about this is that the, the writer or the, or I wasn't sure the writer or the directors, I don't know, they might be the same people, um, is that they wanted to make a movie for adults. They wanted to have this movie have a much more adult theme. And I was just like, why would, who would think that's a good idea? Like, that's yeah, clearly a kid's theme, right? It's like <laughs> video games in 1993 were for kids. And more specifically, they were for boys because they were sold at the Toys R Us boys section when Nintendo games first came out. Like your your target demographic here has to be like, nine-year-old kids exactly what brennan and i were like we were like it and yeah. like you couldn't have missed the mark farther yeah i really wish i had a, a memory of how i felt when i saw this movie because- i owned it growing up and i definitely watched it a few times but it was like one of those things that i would watch even though i didn't like did you have shows like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's like that's how bad the 90s were uh millennials who are listening now and can get on streaming and like watch whatever they want from like any point in history like we were literally re-watching vhs copies of this fucking trash sometimes on like a lazy tuesday night that's so true i'm gonna like we're gonna like go into like the apocalypse and all the internet's gonna be gone so we can't stream anything i'm gonna own one dvd and it's gonna be this fucking movie <laughs> you're describing my hell right now <laughs> All right, so Princess Daisy, played by Samantha Mathis, was also in Broken Arrow, and she was an American Psycho, and uh, she's she's like a geologist or something, and she gets taken into the underworld by Iggy and Spike, and then there's this whole other like cast of of shitty characters and throwaways. We mentioned Big Bertha, who's just this like giant black woman with like red spikes on. Now Big Bertha is a fish. It's it's a big 
fish that eats you in the video game. And they decided to make it a big black woman in red spikes who literally throws a grandma off an overpass at one point. It's like, that's not very cool to seniors. Yeah. And like Brennan mentioned Toad, who's a confirmed male, finally. Um, we get that solved in this movie. But he's got this awful like haircut that's like a spiral. It looks like it looks like like a little rascal's haircut. Mm-hmm. And he's got this he says this awful voice and he's a singer. Then there's like bullet bullet bill. I think it's just a nightclub. The Goombas dancing at one point is, is they're like rocking back and forth. There's this thing where you can, you can trick all the Goombas into not killing Mario brothers. If you just get them to dance, it's really stupid. And by dance, I mean, sway back and forth. Cause it's probably literally the only thing the actors could do in these giant costumes. Yeah. I, so something I realized when I was watching that is they were it was a play on when you play Mario three and you play that music box and then all the enemies on the stage you can go past them. You know, like the enemies, like you either have to like fight them to get to the next spot. Dude, you've said two or three things where you've connected the movie to the game, and I there's no there was no bigger fan of Mario franchise, the video game, than me and my circle of friends growing up. And I missed all of these. I had there was no music box. Like, I get what you're saying. It was a reference to the music box, Mario 3. Where you could, but why didn't you go grab that music box then? You know what I mean? Like, right. go get the item that the fans of the fucking game can recognize. Like, I never made that connection until you just said it minutes ago, moments ago. Yeah, they there's really weird, like, fan stuff that they do in it does, that I guess might have been in the original script and that just make it into the movie that... But you have to you have to you have to be watching the movie like closely. And I so guess I Super was watching. Mario Brothers Three came out in 1989. Yeah. Super Mario World on Super Nintendo came out in 1991. This movie came out in 1993, which means it was probably made in 1992. Mm-hmm. So they they randomly include Yoshi at some point, who's like he's like Koopa's wife's pet, and he's like chained up in a closet or some shit. And Yoshi takes like a shiv to the neck at one point like this this bitch lady lena like shivs yoshi yeah and yoshi has ser- serves no purpose in this movie other no, than it's like it's just a cameo other than like befriending the princess for a second and then just having that fan service and but in the movie like he's just a baby t-rex um which is not what yoshi is um so let's let's move on to the next sorry we're not getting anywhere we're not going anywhere the production history this the screenplay was written by parker bennett and terry runt or runte they wrote the mystery date tv show in like the late 80s or maybe early 90s and like that was it Mm -hmm. they had like no real like screenwriting credits other than this movie the third screenwriting credit went to ed solomon who wrote bill and ted parts one and two he wrote Mom and Dad Save the World. He wrote Men in Black. He wrote Charlie's Angels. I believe this guy came on as the role of the script doctor mm. very late in the game and tried to make something out of this, but it was like way too many cooks in the kitchen at that point. Mm-hmm. Ed Solomon did not save this script. I don't know what he did to Parker Bennett and Terry Runt's script, but he didn't make it better. I know that. He added a bunch of shit that nobody got. And um, the third screenwriter is usually like the cleanup guy. Like you bring him at the end because your script isn't working or it's the closer who comes in just to make final touches on what's already a great script. That's Mm. clearly not the case here. Um, And the movie was directed by the tag team of Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel, 
who did Max Headroom in 1985 and nothing else you would have ever heard of. And um, the director, and I, we'll talk about this in a bit, I, I dug up this interview he did with like Game Informer or GQ or something, and he said that they asked him, so what's your overall feelings after directing Super Mario Brothers? And his, wor- his single word was humiliation. <laughs> At least he knows where it is, you know? At least he's not fucking dumb. But like I said earlier, that the estate of Bob Hoskins has shut this movie down everywhere on the internet because they don't want it tarnishing Bob Hoskins' good name. But so here's some direct quotes from an interview that Bob Hoskins did with a magazine. So question, what is the worst job you've ever done? Answer, Super Mario Brothers. Question, what has been your biggest life disappointment? Answer, Super Mario Brothers. Question, if you could edit your past, what would you change? Answer, I wouldn't do Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> it's like the it's like his biggest regret. That's funny. Um, it's yeah. I mean, I I don't blame him. Um, I wouldn't ever want to do this. I would never want to be a part of this movie either. After I've done it, if I if I if I had done it, I mean, this movie was just full of dumb shit. That's some dumb shit. Well, we've been talking about it all throughout the entire thing. What what are some what are the biggest things for you, Adam? Well, how about that Luigi gets the princess, not Mario? Like this, the Super Mario Brothers franchise has been played by little boys across their homes in the world, we'll say 10 billion times, and has been beaten by Mario 9 billion of those times. Mm. Yeah, I I mean... Maybe more. (laughs) I don't understand why they didn't have another princess for Mario, um princess peach and princess daisy yeah i don't i don't know why they didn't why they didn't have peach in this movie maybe they were hoping they're holding out for the sequel um there was like sort of a cliffhanger ending that like thank god nobody like executed um but yeah that didn't they really they really built up luigi to be kind of the hero in this movie and mario what like they're both heroes but like mario was like not there to save the princess um only to help he's like there to help luigi not be adhd <laughs> um seriously that's like his role in this movie so they use the flying boots gimmick a lot which mm-hmm. is like p-wing was was like isn't adam bitching about like if you're going to use the p-wing why don't you use a p-wing like you had flying boots would it would have been so bad if it had a p on it and somebody called them p-wing boots or something mm-hmm. like would that have been so bad and uh at the end koopa changed into this fat t-rex in like a little hovering cart which is sort of similar to the end of super mario brothers world in on super nintendo but I can't tell if I can't tell if they were going for homage or if it was their own choice. Like nothing's close enough to pinpoint, and nothing when you watch it goes, "Oh, I get that." Like you, no, that never happens. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the the dumbest shit in this is the fact that they put in this whole story about the Koopas have evolved, or Koopa has evolved from dinosaurs, and try to give it this weird duality. They keep on they use a lot of terms like Koopa use a lot of terms like calling the mario and luigi monkeys or primates or whatever like as like a negative thing and that just never comes out in in mario like there's nothing about that like it's it's because it's not good yeah and then i was thinking like well maybe like they were thinking maybe like there was like a point where like donkey kong was in this movie like i don't know like that would only make sense to me that they kept on talking about that but so the so the director said he was making the movie based off of a different script. Mm. So there was some other script that was was labeled too dark and too adult. 
So the studio changed the script very late in production and filled it full of gags and like childish humor. But the characters were all already cast and most of them thought the new script sucked and was awful. And the director himself said he didn't really like the script, but the only way that he thought he had any chance of making a good movie was to try and get everybody on board. So he had to play like the good cop during all this like bullshit going down like everybody hates the script nobody's having fun and he has to act like it's good and like it's like he has to play the play the well-meaning director the whole time you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so the director said his original idea was to veer away from the video game and have this whole unique story about mario luigi and then at the very end of the movie like these japanese video game developers were going to witness mario and luigi's heroism and they were going to say in the movie we're going to make a video game based on you guys. And then like Martin and Luigi were going to be playing the game and being like, this isn't anything close to what happened. And like, like the joke was that like these Japanese video game developers completely changed the story mm. of Mario and Luigi fighting King Koopa into something more marketable and a video game. And there was going to be like commentary on that. Like that's not what happened at all, but like that never happens. So you're just left with this awful pile of shit that doesn't add up to anything that we were expecting. I just think they ultimately should have gone closer to the source material, obviously. Like, I just, I don't, and made, not make it, and, like, ma- or, and made it make a 90-minute movie off of that. Oh, like yeah. This movie's 104 minutes. That's, that's an hour and 44 minutes long for this. It's like, oh my God, just, I, I want, I was begging my wife to slip my wrists halfway through. Like, I just, I, I don't, I, this world has nothing for me, is how I felt. Yeah. I was just like, gonna... I wanted to be de-evolved into a giant wad of spooge. <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, is there anything redeemable in this movie? And I, I just don't think there is. No, I can't. I can't. I mean, after, after rewatching it about two weeks ago, and I hadn't seen it in probably 20 years at least, like, probably more than that, more, more like 25. Like, I can't imagine watching this since I was like 12. Mm. But, like, after watching it, I was thinking... I never want to see another five minutes of that movie again. I It was so terrible. I can't think of anything that I liked, any character that I was drawn to, any storyline I felt paid a proper homage to the game. I can't think of anything. I would say the best part of this movie is when when Mario and Luigi finally don like, their outfits like and look like Mario and Luigi, which takes place like... Over halfway through the movie. Yeah, it's it's really close to the end. There's yeah. like 10, 15 minutes left in the movie, I think, when they finally put on like the red and green. Mm-hmm. I just want to apologize. I, I I thought it would be fun to do this episode because there's so much sh- shit to talk about it. But it just like, it like once you think about one piece of it that's really shitty, you immediately think about something else that was really shitty about the movie. And it makes you like think about like talk want to start talking about that. Cause like, this, is a, this is a giant circle back to my original metaphor of the pile of manure field. Speaking of hodgepodges and bullshit, you can email the show at super90sbrothers at gmail.com. We want to hear about your hodgepodgey bullshit. You can add us at super90sbrothers, at spocastpods, adampitzler.com. Dude, I, I, I just want to bail out of this pocket. Like, I, what a fucking train wreck. It's, it's like, we're fine, but like the move, like, it's like it's like trying to have a funny conversation about the Holocaust. Like it doesn't exist. This Dude, is Super Mario I gotta Brothers. Go. This is just yeah, it's this is, terrible. It's terrible. For Burning Pointer. 
I am Adam J. Pitzler, and we're very sorry. This has been another mushroom-tripping episode of Super 90s Bros, Super Mario Brothers the movie style. And remember, if you find yourself in a dinosaur-themed underworld, remember to assassinate the king and plow the prince.